I mean, how many times have you found yourself feeling like shit because you went ballistic at a point like this and said a bunch of stuff or did a bunch of stuff that you wish you never would have done? The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Well, it's that time again. You find yourself back at the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tony Frain. Hey, how's it going? Uh, good to be back with you this week. Hope things are well. This is all millennial talk for you millennials and whatnot out there. Even if you're older than that, it really doesn't matter. Or even younger than that. I guess we're into the new generation um, earlier as well. So if you're younger, actually, you probably shouldn't be listening to this if you're younger than that. So I thought this week uh, I would do the most appropriately and aptly titled show, and it's called How to Tolerate an Idiot. Uh, seeing as though this is the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast, I thought it'd be a perfect topic for today. And after living through the last couple of weeks since the election, I don't think I've ever been more confused and conflicted as an adult over what the hell is going on around me. Although I do have to say that kudos to all those that joined the Women's March and as a single parent to a now 25-year-old millennial daughter uh, with her own family now, I've I'm completely with you and your stand against the rising tide of this sexist, misogynistic bullshit that's been going on. Now, whether you are out there for gender equality or race equality or sexual equality or, you know, even if you're out there for the right to choose or not to choose, you know, I respect the fact that you're doing one thing and one thing only that has worked throughout the ages to initiate change. You took action. It's all about action. And I'm hoping that the march wasn't the beginning um, and the end of your involvement. I know that the march organizers have this 10-step plan, I think, to continue the momentum and get uh, everybody that was involved in that to do some, but one thing a week for 10 weeks, which is an amazingly great idea to continue the momentum. Uh, whether you choose to follow their plan, uh, which sounds like a good plan to me, I'm going to look into it myself, or do something on your own, you know, the important thing is that you do do. You have to do something. It's all about action. You, know, you you hear Tony Robbins. You hear anybody that's out there uh, barking about uh, motivation and personal development and self-improvement. It's all about the action. So you've got to take the action. Now, truth be told, as an emotional biped, apparently cursed to consciously walk, walk the earth forlorn with some semblance of awareness and understanding of our evolutionary destiny to slowly become more compassionate and more understanding of all people and more respectful of each individual's choice to live the life of their choosing, of course, without you know them being a dick or doing harm to others, of course, I am thoroughly and completely baffled at what the fuck is going on with the chosen political structure in this country, and it's not too subtle about face back into the 19th century in regards to this blind nationalism and populist propaganda and an economic vision aching to the throes of the industrial revolution with its manufacturing focus and a general disregard for our natural resources. And it's not for the noble cause of providing energy like it used to be to fuel our economy and light our houses and help our daily lives, but it's to keep us within this outdated and obsolete system for the pure sake of keeping people at jobs that aren't needed anymore. Think of it as the information and internet age being this shiny new calculator, and we're using it to hammer a nail into a wall. Now, for the record, like I said before, I totally get 
the shitty position that some people are in because they are, for example, let's say, you know, fifth generation coal miners and they don't know anything else. So they're making choices to keep the status quo uh, so they can keep food on the table and uh, take better care of their families because they've had a hard time. In fact, I shouldn't even see status quo because that's that's it's gotten them in bad situation. I'm saying going back uh, into an old system. But y- you know something? Evolutionary shifts have happened time after time throughout history. And we people as a species, we've done a pretty good job at adapting to new environments and to new challenges and to new and more expansive ways of living. I mean, what if the consider this? What if the caveman didn't embrace agriculture or domesticating cattle or switching to Geico? We'd all still be living in fucking rocks, sporting relatively uncomfortable loincloths, and wiping our asses with a gently serrated pine cone. I mean, I've I found myself in numerous occasions over the last couple of weeks chatting with a supporter of this arcane ideology or glancing at the TV when there's a reference to post-truth, post-truth, which is basically ignoring facts and believing based on populist thinking and emotion. Or seeing somebody like, <laughs> seeing somebody like Kelly and Conway mention alternative facts as a thing that we should all be cool with. And this is why I wanted to reach out today and give you one of my favorite communication tools that I think we need more than ever. And specifically, it's how to tolerate an idiot. So up to this point, I've framed the idiot thing within a political context. And I'm sorry, I just can't help it because it's such a blatant example of batshit crazy. I felt it was a perfect vehicle to set up this lesson today. Now, that being said, the real bottom line is, is that the tools I'm going to share with you right now, they relate to you navigating a difference of opinion with somebody else. This is all about navigating a difference of opinion with somebody else. And as much as I've uttered both inside and out of my head about what a fucking idiot someone is, I mean, actually, uh, the day's just started for me and I'm already into double digits just for today. The truth of the matter is, just because someone disagrees with you, it, it, it doesn't mean they're an idiot. And, and here's where the lesson begins, because if you find yourself in a position where you're just starting to get that tingle in your plums that the person you're conversing with is in fact an idiot, then you found yourself in a place where technically you have zero overlap with that person in your worldviews. I mean, think of it like two hula hoops about five feet apart from each other. There's a lot of space in between uh, your reality and their reality, or your hula hoop and their hoop. Now, at this point, I'd like to point out two different areas where this situation may come up. You may be in a conversation with someone and feel this level of disconnect with them. Or you could also be in a situation where someone's behavior is, let's just say, irritating or embarrassing. Basically, outside of the personal acceptable range that you have for yourself, I mean, to a point where it makes you really uncomfortable, like being with someone that's being a total D-bag to a server or a restaurant, or having maybe your BFF get hammered and start flirting with your dude or your chick. Uh, you know, that's, that's always fun to handle because drug people are so easy to reason with. So now you feel this swell coming up on you. You feel this reaction and this what the fuck or what an idiot feeling start to bubble to the surface. And more than likely at this point, you're immediately going to begin to judge them as inferior to you, uh, which is actually a natural thing. We actually, we do this to muster up the courage to validate that our viewpoint at that moment is true. And so we can act on it without any regrets, which of course, huge mistake. 
I mean, how many times have you found yourself feeling like shit because you went ballistic at a point like this and said a bunch of stuff or did a bunch of stuff that you wish you never would have done? So instead of allowing your bubbling cauldron of emotion to take over, I want to throw out to you another option that if you if it if you can understand it and put it into practice, it'll be much more beneficial to you and actually to the other person in the long run. So here's the technique. I've got, uh, let's see, I've written it down. One, two, three, four, five, like four and a half steps, and I'm going to go through them. So here's the technique. The first step is in the moment that this is starting to happen, quickly ask yourself why, you know, when the moment starts bubbling in you, if you're talking to somebody, they start hitting a nerve. You have to stop and ask yourself, why am I so fired up? about this. Now, this is actually in psychology, this is called a pattern interrupt. And this is where cognition or your mind or your brain or your prefrontal cortex, that part in the front of your head, that's the more refined part, the more the, the, the way, the place where you rationalize things, you actually can interrupt your emotional surge. You, uh, it, it stops that surge from turning into a behavior or a reaction. And in that moment, if you can do this and ask yourself the question, why am I so fired up about this? The reason being is because that emotion could be coming from your ego. And you know, if it comes from your ego, that's not a great place because that's where the feelings of inadequacy or jealousy or fear uh, most of the time come from. And it's uh, it's when it comes from the ego, it's really powerful. It's brutal sometimes. And uh, there's a level of pain involved. It's it's almost like you're trying to suppress an alien baby from busting out of your gut. The alternative position, of course, is that you're getting fired up because there's such a disconnect to your to let's say a true core value that you have, like uh, and not an ego thing, just a true value that you have that you that you hold, like a like you believe climate change is real, or a woman's right to choose, or Miracle Whip is better than mayonnaise. Now, I'm not saying this step is easy. You have to try to use it every time, the step about cognitively interrupting yourself and asking yourself, why am I getting so upset? You got to use it every time that something comes up like this and you'll get used to it. It's, it's, it's like anything. Once you do it for a while, you get better and better at it. And truth be told, if if you do figure out it's an ego thing, I wish I could say it would make the situation easier. Most of the time it doesn't, but what's going to happen is, that information that you understand that it's coming from the ego will definitely help you as you move forward through the extra steps, steps two through four and a half. So that takes us to step two. And step two is actually the possibilities of the fact that there's a good chance that both of you really want the same outcome on something. Uh, you just have two totally different ways of looking at it. It's like the old six, nine trick. Uh, no, not the 69 trick that's something different this trick has to do with drawing a six like getting out a piece of paper drawing a six on it and then putting that paper on the floor and then you have two people stand on either side of the paper now if you ask one of them what they see they'll say they see a six and then you have if you ask the other person what they see unless they're a smart ass and say an upside down six just to fuck with you they'll say a nine because that's what they see so they're looking at the same thing same thing written on the piece of paper, same paper, different viewpoints because of their perspective differences. Neither of them are wrong. So just keep in mind that it's not a right or a wrong thing here. It's just a different perspective thing here. That's number two. You you got to keep in mind, you, you just, you may be just coming from different perspectives on something. 
which is more of a respect for their perspective versus completely throwing their perspective out the window like they're an idiot and totally not respecting it and then trying to prove your point, which doesn't get you anywhere. So that's step two. Step three, you go into doing everything in your power not to react. Do not react on an emotional level to their perceived level of idiocy or their, you know, their perspective, which is totally different than yours. If you act as a negative pushback to their opinion, it will immediately back them into a corner where they will identify your attack on their opinion as an attack on them as a person. And the result being that that person will dig their heels in and make it a point to prove that they're right or even prove that you're wrong, even though they know they may not be right or they may not be sure about their position. And they will not be open to your perspective in the least at this point, because if they gave into you at this, at this juncture, if they gave into your position, they would have to face the fact that they were wrong or in the wrong. And here's a fun fact. When people base their beliefs in the ego, they have a really hard time justifying those beliefs to themselves, let alone anybody else. And when you challenge them, it subconsciously triggers the feeling that they don't know why they have that belief and they're about to be exposed as a fraud or someone who doesn't know. Now, that's a mortifying freefall into the unknown for some people. So do not react. Step three is really, really important. Don't react. Step four is where you start to take control of the situation without the person having any clue you're doing so. This is where you start to make things happen. It's a simple step. It starts with a statement, something like, well, and you're talking to the other person, of course, this, in, in this situation. You say, well, to be honest with you, that's not really the way I see it. Uh, I don't believe that or I don't process it that way or I haven't processed it that way. Or, you know, I, I that doesn't make any sense to me. At this point, then you start to ask questions. Asking questions are the key to this entire process. So you ask a question this at, at this moment like, I would really like to know where that comes from. And so can you tell me why is it that you believe that whatever the case may be, whatever you guys are talking about. Now, what you've just brilliantly done was you've turned their focus inward to where they have to explain to you where their belief comes from. And the best part about this move is nine times out of 10, I should say 10 out of 10, but you know, it's there's, there's always an outlier. People totally get off when someone asks them for their opinion. So they'll have no problem getting into answering your question. And at this point is where you turn the heat up a little bit because you're not going to just stop just at that first question. You're going to start mining down into their subconscious by asking them another question that originates or that comes from the answer from their first question. And then you're going to ask another question off of that. Basically, what you're trying to do is get down to the... I, I like to use the word genesis, but you, you get down to really the core reasons why they have a belief in something. And uh, as you mine down on these things, what will happen is <laughs> the conversation will hit one of three conclusions usually. They will either, number one, get to a point where they say, I don't know, because it's an ego-based subconscious belief and they really don't know because it's really not their belief in the first place, or They'll go back to one of the first things that they said, and then they'll start saying it with more bubbling anger to try to reiterate a point, thinking that if they say it louder or with more conviction, then it's going to stick this time. Or they will try to turn it back onto you and ask you the same question. Now, if they try to turn it back on you, just keep asking them to answer first. 
and they will more than likely get a little pissy and start defending themselves with a bunch of nonsense or they might end the conversation. Now, all that being said, I, I have to admit, I, I, and I have to mention the slight possibility that you will actually be able to get them to a point where they answer you calmly and with conviction and with a statement that really is just based on a core belief that they have. It's not an ego-based belief and it's a core belief. Let's say, for example, they thought that, that, um, I don't know. People should work for their money instead of being on welfare because they feel as though work is a part of uh, contributing to a society and uh, doing what you can for the better of everybody and all that kind of thing. That'd be fine. Or that uh, maybe any stage of human life is a precious stage and should not be harmed. I mean, some people just believe that. It's not, it's not a religious thing. It's just a thing based upon what people believe uh, is living is in his life and it should be respected in that, in that manner. I mean, these are uh, a small example of core belief statements. And if the conversation gets to this point, then you should be, then you have to be at your own point where you fully accept this person and respect their personal convictions, which happen to be different than yours. Now, as a small warning at this point, you better be ready to do the same thing as they did or you'll end up looking like an asshole that can dish it out but can't take it. So be ready to mine down on your own stuff too. And there's, you know, and in this situation, a lot of times you may think you know where your convictions come from. And you may think you know that your stance is based upon core beliefs. And there's a good chance that as you mine down or as they go through this exercise with you, you may find that they're not. You may find that your beliefs are based upon an ego thing, or they may not even be yours to begin with. They may be subconscious beliefs based upon what your parents believe, and you just kind of happen to attach to them, and uh, which is amazing. And that it's great when that happens because it gives you the ability to really peel back some layers and to get to know yourself a little bit better. So to circle back a little bit, if the person leaves all bent, or it's still in denial of their unsupported position, it doesn't necessarily go to waste because the little trip you just took with them actually exposed some areas to them where they may have to start questioning why. And maybe that will spur some self-introspection with them uh, with a deeper understanding of what they really believe and who they really are. Just the same things we just talked about in regards to if that, ever, if that does happen to you. So to summarize the steps... Quickly determine why you're fired up about what this person is saying or doing. Then take into consideration you may want the same outcome, but from a different perspective. Then do not react negatively. Then express your inability to fully relate. Then start asking questions and mind down and see where it takes you. Now, when you get this technique down, I guarantee you, your tolerance level for differences of opinion will go way up and you'll save yourself a shitload on anxiety medication and or alcohol, which happens to be my chosen self-medication on occasion. You know, it's interesting because they just, I just saw something on Big Think or it might have been BuzzFeed or Upworthy or something like that, where they had this exercise where they uh, put a one of the refugees, I believe it was one of the Syrian refugees, in a room all about five or six feet away, uh, sitting uh, face-to-face or directly across from somebody else, some other European that may have had some ill thoughts about the refugee crisis. And all they wanted them to do was to sit there and look at each other for a couple minutes. And interestingly enough, when they did the before and after in regards to the questionnaire, the level of empathy and understanding went through the roof. 
because of the ability to connect one-on-one. And I think a lot of that's missing, especially in this situation. And like I said at the beginning, I, I'm just, I really am confused about all the stuff that's been going on because it is a step back. We're stepping back into something. And even though I can understand it, it still angers me that we're going there instead of trying to find solutions to progressively elevate everybody else into a different evolutionary orbit, I guess, so to speak. But in saying so, I do have a lot of friends and I've, I've talked to a lot of people that do have that perspective. And it really comes down to, if you're familiar with the Maslow hierarchy of needs, the first couple levels are the basic levels. It's food and shelter and clothing and safety. And, and that's where they're at. And I have to, I don't have to, but I do respect that. I respect the fact that that's what they're trying to do. I, I think my anger comes more or less along the lines from the fact that the system or we haven't done enough to be able to help everybody out to move the needle forward and keep it going forward. You know, we're taking, we, we've always taken as a society and as a culture, as people or in America or whatever you want to call it, we've always kind of taken a one step back, half step or half step back, one step forward type of a thing in regards to our evolution. And I just feel as though this particular situation, it's more like three steps back and then we'll have a lot of ground to make up. So hopefully it doesn't get to that point. We'll see. And like I said, I think with people taking action and getting involved, which is the best part about this whole thing, you know, and it, it, it's the Newtonian physics thing. Every action has an opposite and equal reaction. And I think that because they're going so far to this one extreme from an administration standpoint and a policy standpoint, I think going the other way in, in regards to a protesting or standing up for individual rights or collective rights is uh, the thing that might help us to almost like a slingshot and slingshot us uh, up uh, and uh, into a better orbit, so to speak. So uh, that's that's my two cents. I hope that helped. I hope the uh, how to tolerate an idiot uh, exercise was helpful or will be helpful. Remember, it just takes practice. It takes a lot. And if you're tired or bent or have had a few drinks, it, it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be really difficult to uh, monitor yourself and to do that pattern interrupt. But uh, just keep giving it a shot because overall it, it helps out in the long run because you don't waste your time and your effort being pissed at people that have their own perspectives and you're not going to fucking change it. It's not your job to change it. If they want to change it, they'll change it. Uh, your job is to is to live your life and portray how you want to be portrayed and maybe they'll see that and get something out of it. So that's it. Remember, it's uh, javabud.com. It's uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, also, it's you can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And I am I developed a brand new giveaway. It's a quick mini guide on the seven proven phrases that will bring instantly bring more happiness and joy and love into your life. It's a quick little take on one of the eBooks that I wrote a little while ago. And you can find that. I'm going to embed that into the blog post of the website, as well as if you can go to my website, it's uh, it's on there and you will be able to click on it. You got to send me your email, but don't worry. I don't, uh, I don't go nuts with anything in terms of sending you a bunch of crap because I hate that. I hate getting an email because I find something interesting to read and I like to read it. And then they're bombarding me with a bunch of shit that has nothing to do with me and I don't want it to know anything about it. I don't do that. In fact, I haven't sent out a 
an email in a long time except for a follow-up thanks type of a thing. So if it's something important and something I truly believe that you can benefit from, then I will share that with you. And it's all about sharing. That's it. So I hope things are well, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.